and try to justify keeping any of those guys over keeping Malik Willis. Malik Willis being a player that if you were to cut him, try to get him through waivers to the practice squad, they have The Hot Read Podcast for Friday, August 25th. I'm your host, Easton Freeze, director of published content here at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. We're also brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network, and you can follow me on social media at Easton Freeze. I'm joined, as always, by producer JT, who you can follow on social media at JT underscore Runky. We are recording this on a Thursday, but for the sake of the podcast, JT, happy Friday. We made it to the end of the week. We have, and even though we are recording it on a Thursday, look at us go. Being on time, finally, for something, right? Um, We have fewer viewers to start the show than usual because I think they've grown accustomed to us being a good five or ten minutes late every single day. I know, right? But uh, getting off on uh, on a good start here. Also, I'm feeling good. Maybe that's because I had a little bit too much caffeine today, so I'm I'm roaring, ready to go. I am Wired. wired, ready to go here, so... Love it. Well, I'm excited and ready to go as well. We are talking Titans final 53 man roster today and going to just go through it position by position. I have what I believe to be what we'll see on Monday when the Titans make their final cut down from 90 all the way down to 53, which is going to create a lot of chaos in the league as there are, you know, quick math. What is that? 37 fewer guys on each roster out there in the ether, floating around, available to be added to your roster if you see fit as an NFL front office. And it's going to make for um, a lot of quickfire news, I think. Like our buddy Justin Mello should be good and busy on Monday. We should see a lot of that trickle on over to Tuesday. So there will be no shortage of things to talk about next week, even though it's our our dead week. It's like the... um, I don't know if you, you did like theater at all in high school, but, you know, before you would open a show, there'd be a dark day, right? No rehearsals. You do your dress rehearsal on a, on a Wednesday and before the Friday opening, it's a dark, the stage goes dark. That's what this week is for us as the, as the NFL continues to lean into their, their bit of the entire league being scripted. Um, I'll lean in with them and say, we've got our dark week coming up before the show opens week one. Cannot wait for September 10th for the Titans first game, of course, down in new Orleans, but that first game is going to hit Real nice, that Thursday night game between the Chiefs and the Lions. Uh, I can't wait. And we we have plenty lined up, by the way. Um, the show will not be dark next week. We're going to have plenty to talk about with the cut down, obviously. And then we've got two guests lined up that we are super excited about that we know you will find entertaining. So make sure to tune in from now until, I don't know, next April. Like, we're going to be around for a long, long time, and we would love for you to be here with us. Um, I'm vamping as I'm letting people trickle in here. And I see our buddy Pretty Boy Lipschitz already in the comments. You should join him by going on over to the Broadway Sports Media's YouTube page. It's Broadway Sports Media on YouTube. You'll find this live stream. And that is where you can be a part of the conversation today. Would love to hear your thoughts on my final 53-man roster projection, who you think I'm wrong about, who you think I'm right about. We're going to discuss it all over the next hour or so. And um, looks like Stoney is here with us as well. You may not talk about how much Star Wars sucks, Stoney. I don't know, JT. JT what what pro? Oh my god! You, you didn't you see his tweet my... today. He he no, put out a a a violent tweet of just all these takes of his that are 
Um, very unpopular. I'll send it to you later, but you, you'll okay. hate most of it as, as I did. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to go off on a, on a, uh, I, I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but Stony hit up my DMS. I, I really need to hear these because <laughs> I just, I almost just like went off uh, you, to, to derail the next hour talking show. about how yeah. long Stony is. I'm sure. Um, yeah. yeah. But hit, hit up my DM Stony. Let's, let's talk. Yeah. So we're talking about the 53 man roster of uh, just two things before we get into that. Um, one is our fantasy league. We announced that on Wednesday's episode, we're doing a hot read podcast fantasy league this year because you know what we wouldn't, we couldn't call ourselves a, a football podcast without doing a fantasy league. Like it's mandatory and it's a lot of fun. And you and I love gambling. We love playing fantasy. So we thought let's throw together a league. And we, I was kind of worried we wouldn't be able to fill it. Like I said on the show on Wednesday, like if nobody signs up, then we won't do it. It's fine. By the end of the day, Wednesday, like four or five hours after we announced it, we'd already pretty much filled up. We've already got 12 guys locked in you and I, of course. And then our guys, Jordan, Jacob, Monin, Logan, Paul, not Logan, Paul, but Logan and Paul, uh, Guillerme, Joey, John, Eldon, and Maverick are all already locked in. If there are two more of you that desperately want to join the league before we kick it off, and we're going to draft sometime next week. I'm willing to hear closing statements here. I'm willing to hear you out and allow you to state your case. There needs to be two of you. We can't just add one person to the league, but and it has to be we, done in the DMS. Like it can't be like, please DM us. Yes. Go DM us right now. You have three different Twitter account options at hot read pod at Easton freeze at JT underscore runky DM us right this second. First come first serve looking for two more guys to make a 14 team league. $25 buy-in. We're drafting sometime next week, one evening when everybody can get together. We'll talk about that once the league is set. But um, we would love to add two more guys if, if they want to, but we're already we're already at 12, so we're good to go if not. And I hope it's a it's a good draft because I, I've, I've done my first actual draft in the books uh, over on my other show, the Profit mm -hmm. Fantasy Football Podcast. And he, I just had to bring this up because I, I don't know if he threw for content or like what's going on, but he uh, traded up to the first overall pick in that draft and took Bijan Robinson. <laughs> oh God. You, so, you mean running so, back three down there in Atlanta? <laughs> yes. Right. So uh, hopefully this draft goes a lot better than that one. Um, yeah, I'm, you, I'm sure so. it will. I'm sure I'm sure there's plenty of ball knowers that are that are in the league already and maybe two more will decide to join us. But um, we've vamped long enough. We've done 10 minutes of the show. We've not talked about the Titans 53 man roster. So let's talk about it. I have finalized what I believe to be my best guess as to what the Titans will do with their roster come Monday. And we, of course, have the Titans final preseason game of the year against the Patriots tomorrow night, which I will be at. You will be at. It'll be nice to finally be back in Nissan Stadium, watching the Titans play football in some capacity. And uh, we'll be covering all of that, so make sure to follow us for, for updates from that game. But I kind of think that this game doesn't have a whole lot of bearing on, on who does and doesn't make the roster. There are a couple guys, maybe three or four guys, that we'll talk about here in a second, who may be able to make or break their roster status based on what the coaches see in the final preseason game. But I'm pretty confident just based on talking to these coaches the past couple of weeks, feeling out the vibes when it comes to how they respond to us asking about certain players and um, how they've felt they've looked during camp and during the preseason. 
I'm pretty confident they have their guys mostly set as of the end of the second preseason game. Like, I think that's kind of when they are starting to, you know, they put their rough drafts down in pencil and they're starting to put some guys down in pen. I'm guessing they're pretty locked in. And so I don't think there's a lot to be determined. Uh, maybe, maybe this, this game is more who we, you know, potentially put on the practice squad who we signed back to the practice squad slots, 16 of them. And I, I actually went ahead and I, I designated the 16 guys that I would add. So we'll talk about them as well. The guys that are just on the outside looking in for me, but let's start at the quarterback position, JT. And this is something that in the past four or five days alone, folks have been talking about a lot. And I think that there is some prisoner of the moment discussion being had around the quarterback position. We on this show have been saying since April, once Will Levis was drafted, that this team was probably going to keep three quarterbacks. We've not wavered on that position. I've not wavered on that position. And I'm not going to here at the buzzer waver on whether or not the Titans keep Malik Willis simply because of one lackluster preseason performance last week in Minnesota. I think that that is very much a prisoner of the moment take. And I will go back to the point that we made in the first 53-man roster projection episode on this show. It's less about the quarterbacks and much more about the depth of this team. You look at players 45 through 53 and try to justify keeping any of those guys over keeping Malik Willis. Malik Willis being a player that if you were to cut him, put him on waivers, try to get him through waivers to the practice squad, ain't happening. You're losing that. Somebody is rostering him. Some team that lacks significant quarterback depth um, is going to add him to their active roster. But any of these guys at the very bottom, the, the last 10 to 8 guys, you can pretty reasonably assume could be gotten through waivers after being cut and added to the practice squad. So it, it's it's simply a, a, a value proposition that I think makes no sense. Whether or not they are super high on Malik Willis, which I don't think that they are. I think that they still are going through the motions with him, the developmental um, element of his game that has really been the boon of a lot of people that are, are you know, Titans fans and, and members of the media who have been impatient with him over the past year or so. I get it. It's very easy to grow impatient with a guy, especially like Malik, who was a massive, massive project coming out of out of college. But we have test cases of guys that have been really slow developers and worked out in the NFL. Josh Allen is the number one guy that comes to, to mind. And I'm not saying by any means that Malik Willis is Josh Allen or will be Josh Allen. It would be a kind of a miracle if that were to happen, but like, like Geno Smith, for example, blossoms seven, eight years into his NFL career. Um, you could see the same with Sam Darnold in, in, in San Francisco this year. Like it's, it's not unheard of for guys to really take some time to turn into quality NFL players. And at this point, I think that people are underselling what he is. I already think that he is a quality backup quarterback. And that's the reason why I think if you were to cut him, send him to waivers, he's not getting through because somebody's going to see that and want him as their backup. So all of that being said, I'm very confident this team keeps all three quarterbacks. I'll be really, really shocked. I mean, the, the most shocked I've been about any Titans decision since they traded away AJ Brown, frankly, like I'll be really, really surprised if they don't keep all three guys. JT, are you thinking the same thing or has your faith been shaken in the past couple of days? I mean, probably I, my, my faith in keeping three quarterbacks here has not been shaken mostly in part because I mean, last week 
Will Levis already had an injury. Now it, that injury may be minor, but like still it, it is kept him out of a preseason game when these are probably the most important times for Will Levis. So like, yeah, if, if that were to, if what happened last week to Will Levis, uh, wasn't telling the, um, wasn't telling the Titans not to keep three because this depth uh, is an issue at the quarterback position. Like, I just think that that's a really jarring like decision that they would make there. Yeah. I think we're on the same page that we'd be surprised. And that's a pretty cut and dry position. So let's move on to running back. And I want to talk about running back and tight end in conjunction. So actually, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go to wide receiver first and then we'll talk running back tight end. So let's talk receivers. My thinking has not shifted on this since the first time we did the 53-man roster. It's the same six guys. And yes, I did seriously consider making it five, but I'm not going to let the past seven days change what I over the... I, I tried to take stock of how I felt the entire training camp went from the end of July to now the end of August. The, the, the whole month, who deserved a spot? And recency bias aside... Um, you know, lo looking at the totality of, of people's record, basically is what I'm trying to say. The six guys are DeAndre Hopkins, Traylon Burks, Kyle Phillips, Chris Moore, Nick Westbrook-Akina, obviously. Those five have been and are still locks. And yes, we'll, we'll talk about Traylon Burks in a second, or uh, Traylon Burks and Kyle Phillips in a second. But um, even with those two injured, they're obviously getting a spot. I think the sixth still is Reggie Roberson, simply because... Yes, we haven't seen him do much of anything in preseason games, but at practice, he has been, in my opinion, and the opinion of many other members of the media who I've talked to and conferred with on this, the clear and obvious sixth best receiver in terms of the level of play they bring to the practice field each and every day. Like they, he is a guy that always looks head and shoulders above to me. The, the pack below him and a, a good notch below the pack above him. And so I think that because of those injuries to Traylon Burks and Kyle Phillips, they are inclined to keep a sixth because you, if you go into week one with Burks and Phillips unavailable, which I'm not saying they will, but there's certainly a, a good chance. I'd say Phillips for sure. I'd, I'd be really surprised if he's ready week one and Burks is, seems kind of like a 50, 50 proposition right now. Then you just got three wide receivers. You're running out there. Like you, you, you know, you can't do that yet. Now, obviously you could, set the 53-man roster, do five, and then when you get to week one, call up some guys, you know, bring up a Mason Kinsey or something to fill in that that um, that uh, Kyle Phillips role, bring it, bring up a, a Kyrus Jackson if he's back at 100, bring up a, a, a Racing McMath if you want him to just play special teams and, and be a body in reserve. But you only get so many call-ups for guys, right? So that would kind of be wasteful in my opinion. And... I don't expect either of Burks or Phillips to be put on IR right now. Obviously, Burks won't be. With Phillips, again, kind of a 50-50 thing. But I think people are forgetting that the short-term IR that, that has bled over from the COVID seasons, where you can have a four-week stint on IR and be brought back, it's not infinite. Teams can only do it for so many players. They can only do it so many total times in one season. I think it's eight times, if I'm not mistaken. But whatever the number, like... Last year, we got to those last three or four weeks, and we were talking about how the Titans only have one more short-term IR spot to bring a guy back up. Who are they going to use it on? They've got a couple down there. I don't think they're going to want to burn one out of the gate for a guy on Kyle Phillips who may need a full month, weeks one through four, in the NFL season 
to be ready to play. Maybe we don't know. It's, you know, it's a sprain. These things are finicky and they may choose to be super, super conservative with it and wait as long as possible until bringing him back so that they, they have him down the stretch run and instead of rushing him back and re-aggravating it. Right. But there's a decent chance based on his prognosis that he's ready by like week two. And with him being not fighting this battle with people today, the clear and obvious third best receiver on the Titans roster, ask anyone that is at practice, ask any of the coaches. He, he is their third best receiver. Availability is a different thing, but talent. It is like, it's just, a, it's not a matter of opinion. It is a fact. He is the third most talented guy on the field. Everybody healthy, blank slate. The three that they're running out there are DeAndre Hopkins, Traylon Brooks, Kyle Phillips. No no discussion, no argument. So they're going to want him back as soon as possible, I'd imagine, as soon as they they feel he's ready to go. And so if he's going to potentially be ready by week two, why do you waste an IR, short-term IR spot on him early? And also force it, like, because once you put him on, you can't bring him off before you wait at least a full four weeks. So I, I just think that's not something that they'll want to do. It's again totally dependent on where what his actual prognosis is, how bad the sprain is, what you know, level one, two, three sprain, all those things that we don't know. So if he's put on there, I think that indicates to me like it's a it's a much more, not much more, but it's a more serious level of sprain than than it could have been. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see. But I, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion, like many have said that he will be on there. So I think they keep six receivers. And I think that four of these guys that don't make the cut are practice squad candidates. Colton Dowell for sure will be put on the practice squad. They like him a lot. There's a lot to like about him. He's just made he's not he he's not developed to the point where he is a contested catch winner right now in practice. Pretty much any ball that is thrown his way in a contested ca- catch situation. He's not coming down with, which is not you know good, but he has all the physical tools to do that. He just needs to continue to develop and continue to work. And they're gonna, you know, they they invested a draft pick in him. They're gonna stick by him. And there's a lot of promise there. He's just raw. Grayson McMath, I think that they keep on there because he's a, a known commodity to them. I don't think there's a lot of upside left with Racy, but they they have had him up on Sundays before, played in live action before. There's some level of trustworthiness there. He's a very good special teams player and, and when they need him to be. So I think that they'll keep him. Mason Kinsey is there. He is there, you know, when you're in seventh grade um, science lab and you're learning about a control for the first time, like that's what Mason Kinsey is the control in your experiment. He That's why he gets so much run for this team in the preseason. He is when you're testing out Will Levis versus Malik Willis, you put the control receiver out there who you trust to be a high floor, low ceiling guy. Like, you know what he is. His game is consistent and consistently, you know, mediocre, not to be mean, but like that's that's a fair assessment of it. He's the guy you put out there and then he's a hard worker. He's a great guy. He's a great teammate. He embodies everything you want in a player minus just, you know, 15 to 25 percent skill that he just he the ceiling is is low on him. And so they keep him around. And then I think Kiaris Jackson out of Georgia, similar situation to Dowell flashing a lot. But like on Wednesday's practice, my last training camp as training camp wrapped up my last everybody's last image of him from training camp was a wide open pass in a two minute drill with Malik Willis throwing him the ball across the middle. I think it was a blown coverage because the linebacker did not tail him where he should have across the middle and it hits him square in the hands. It's not one of those Malik passes where it's like, yeah, it hits him, but like, you know, it could have been, no, it was a very on target ball and he just drops it. Um, And that's the kind of thing you saw too much from him uh, too much of from him in practice. So all of that being said, I think that Dowell, McMath, Kinsey, and Jackson are four guys that are prime candidates to be put on the practice squad. 
and your starting receivers are Hopkins, Burks, Phillips, Moore, NWI, and Reggie Roberson Jr. But if 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 there's one change, it would not shock me if Reggie Roberson is is not that sixth guy and they keep five. But if they do that, I don't think that they're worried too much about missing Traylon and Kyle for too long. Do we have thoughts on that? Do we have comments on that? Uh, no comments on that, really. Just okay. Maybe people agree with me. They they might agree with you, but also like if obviously you would like to see something. I'm, I'm sure we most likely will see Reggie Roberson play this weekend or tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. You'd obviously like to see something because I feel like we we have not seen almost anything from it's him. Not that in we've an seen actual... bad from him in preseason. We've just not seen him. Yeah, he's not, we, we've he's not, not seen him the ball. Yeah. whatsoever so you would like to see him make some kind of plays tomorrow in this in this uh sure. game kind of to justify that spot but even if there are just like these preseason darlings who are getting six receptions for 80 yards tomorrow in this game like amazing mm-hmm. kinsey like if he goes off and is the most productive receiver again i wouldn't count on him being the guy for sure yeah the, the one other variable that i do want to address and and again i am i am more confident in the fact that if the titans are concerned about Burks and Phillips health status to start the season. They're going to want to go in with six receivers. I'm more confident about that number six guys than I am about who it is. I'm confident in the top five, but that sixth position, and this is a position that um, Zach Lyons, our buddy at football and other F words in a football show here on the 440 podcast network continues to bring up. And it's a, it's a fair point. Like maybe the sixth receiver for this team isn't on the roster right now. As we mentioned at the top of the show, you are going to have, a bunch of guys available via cuts on Monday and Tuesday. And the Titans are going to have their, like they they've done all the advanced scouting. They know who is likely to be out there and uh, they may very well have their eye on somebody from a team that is really stocked full chock full rather of a bunch of receiver depth. The teams that come to mind, like the first one is the Gi- the giants. They have more receivers than they can roster that are uh, like valuable depth receivers. Um, the Jets were that way. You know, they lose Corey Davis and they sent off the player to Detroit, whose name's escaping me in the Benzo past. Mims, so, who Mims, also, right. by the way, got cut from the Lions. Right. So. But th- those two guys are no longer yeah. on the roster. So I think that maybe they're maybe not in that same position. But there are a number of teams around the league that are going to cut some guys that that may catch the Titans eye. And so they they may roster a guy like Reggie Roberson to start or roster a guy like Racing Math to start. Or roster a guy like Mason Kinsey to start, but then by week one, they're already bumped for somebody else that they signed to give a shot. So that would not shock me at all. Let's talk running back and tight end now. And, and before we dive into that, for those of you watching with us live, do me a favor, send this live link to somebody that you think might find this show interesting and want to be a part of the conversation or just hit that like button, hit that retweet button, hit that repost button, do whatever you can real quick to help us share this show. It's very helpful to us to get as many eyeballs on this as possible while we're live on a Thursday. Running back and tight end. I went back and looked, and I, I talked about this a couple of days ago, but I wanted to make sure I knew what I was talking about um, or make sure I could I could tell you the details of what I was talking about. These two positions go hand-in-hand hand for me a little bit because if you look at the Titans' final 53-man rosters at the end of training camp for the last four seasons, three of those four years, the Titans have had eight running backs plus fullbacks plus tight ends. Like those three positions have combined for to make eight guys on the active roster to start the season. The one year they didn't was 2020. They had seven. They had two running backs, a fullback, and four tight ends. But in 2019, they had four running backs and four tight ends. In 2021, they had three running backs, one fullback, and three tight ends with one tight end that, that was on the COVID list at the time and came onto the active roster once he cleared. 
And then in 2022, they had three tight ends, one fullback, and four running backs. So three of the past four years, Mike Vrabel squads have had eight running backs plus tight ends on their roster. And I think that's important because this is the first year in half a decade, pretty much. The Titans have been going into the season without a ded dedicated fullback. They don't have that Kari Blossom game. They don't have a Tory Carter. And so they have in in training camp this year been talking about emphasizing their tight end room starting to pick up the slack and play that fullback position when needed. And they have guys that are capable of doing that. Alize Mack is absolutely capable of doing that. Uh, Chica Conco is capable of it if they want to make him do it. Trayvon Wesco, you could see back there sometimes in a super heavy package. Josh Wiley, I think, could play some fullback, but I'm not sure that they will use him in that way this year. Thomas Odekoya could play fullback. He's incredibly strong and is a fantastic blocker. So I think that they are looking to their tight ends to fill that role. And for that reason, I think that this, this Titans team has eight running backs plus tight ends this year. And I only think that they have three running backs on the roster. So by, you know, by process of elimination, I think that means they have five tight ends on this roster. I really do believe that they're, they're keeping at least four. I can tell you that for sure. And Chica Conquo, Trevon Wesco and Josh Wiley are for sure the four they're keeping or the, the, the three that they're keeping. No question about it. It then becomes who's the fourth and or the fifth. I think that they keep five of those guys. And I think Thomas Otakoya is the clear number four. I think Alizé Mack makes it in as that five. That gives you two, two, and one in terms of skill set. Because Josh Wiley, eh, Josh Wiley, yeah, Josh Wiley and Chica Conquo are your pass catching, you know, receiving type tight ends that aren't going to be much value to you in the blocking game. Trayvon Wesco and, and Thomas Otakoya are the polar opposite, not really doing much in the passing game at all, but they are glorified linemen. They are fantastic blockers. And with a lot of 12 and 22 personnel, you're going to want two tight ends on the field anyways. And, and having two different sets of guys that play different positions gives you some versatility there. And then Alize Mack is really the only tight end on this roster of the uh, seven guys total that is a real hybrid because he is capable of making plays downfield. He's got really nice natural ball skills. We saw, especially early on in training camp, him do a lot with his hands. And, and in the XFL last spring as well, he's a talented pass catcher. But he's also that type that they have used in the preseason just last week, for example. I believe the Tajay Spears run where he breaks the 33-yard touchdown down the middle, jumping over the, uh, the, the Viking safety. He lays a key block as the fullback in that formation and on that play. And, and I think that they're going to be tempted to want to use him a lot that way this year. And so he's that hybrid between your receiving and blocking type. And so I think they keep all five of those guys at Chica Conquo, Trayvon Wesco, Josh Wiley, Thomas Otakoya, and Alize Mack with Kevin Rader and Justin Rigg on the outside looking in. I think Kevin Rader is your practice squad candidate there. Justin Rigg it was a, a camp body to me. Then at the running back position, they have six guys right now on the roster. I think they cut the three obvious ones. And Jacquez Patrick, who was brought in recently as a camp body. Um, Hassan Haskins, who we've been writing off for a while now for both legal and non-legal reasons. Like, he, he's he's a guy that is just not good, legal situation aside. Um, and then Jonathan Ward, who is, is a, a player that looked really good early on and then disappeared after his injury. And we've not really seen him since then. And so that's been a, a, a bummer of a situation, but I think that he, of those three 
is the practice squad candidate. And so I think that they keep Derrick Henry, Tajay Spears, and Julius Chestnut and run with those three guys as their main three. The three running backs in Henry, Spears, and Chestnut, and the five tight ends in Aconquo, Wesco, Wiley, Odequoia, and Mack. And it would not shock me at all if that's what happens. People are surprised that this team kept five tight ends. But again, you're doing that in terms of needing redundancy to run a lot of 12 and 22 personnel to have multiple tight ends on the field at once and to have that diversity of skill sets um, at that position. Now the offensive line to round out the, the offense. And I have them keeping nine of these guys. So if you're keeping track at home, that is three quarterbacks, three running backs, six wide receivers, five tight ends, and nine offensive linemen brings you to a grand total of 26 players on offense. So I've got 26 offensive players, 24 defensive players, and then three specialists. On the offensive line, I have them keeping the starting five, obviously, and Andre Dillard, Peter Skaronsky, Aaron Brewer, Daniel Brunskill, and Chris Hubbard. And then the, uh, the the four guys that are going to be reserves, rookie Jalen Duncan at tackle, who I think they'll continue to develop. Corey Levin, who's been around for a long time and is a, a stalwart interior swing guy. Um, John Ajokwu, undrafted free agent tackle out of Boise State, who's shown some promise and they want to continue to develop. I think that as a tackle, they're going to want more tackle depth back there. And then that, that third guy, three of the four reserves are more tackle types. Justin Murray, who we've grown fond of as he's performed well in these preseason games. We've been calling for him to get some more action with the ones, potentially push Chris Hubbard for that right tackle position. And uh, we'll, I think it'll, he's one of the stories that maybe is most interesting to watch for the game tomorrow. Do they play the starting line? If so, is it Chris Hubbard out there? We're assuming it will be. But then how quickly do they change that out? And do you see Justin Murray getting time at that right tackle position? In the first preseason game, they played him at guard. In the second, they played him exclusively at tackle. I think they gave him the most snaps at tackle out of any lineman in that game. I want to see more of that. Like, let's see, let's see him against better talent out there, better competition. Let's get him in there as early as possible and see what happens. Give him some volume. I think that he deserves that shot. Um, suspended, not counting against the roster, is Nicholas Petitfriere. And then on the physically unable to perform pup list, Dylan Radens, both of those guys will carry along and not count against the roster. So that leaves you cutting Jordan Roos, Zach Johnson, Xavier Newman Johnson, uh, John Leglu, Andrew Rupchich, and Jimmy Murray. I think that they keep three of those guys. And I, I, I for the practice squad, that is, I think that they, I had tagged Jordan Roos, who they've kept around for a long time. They like him as a veteran. Xavier Newman Johnson offers you some tackle depth, as does Andrew Rupchich. And uh, Zach Johnson, John LeGlue, and Jimmy Murray just have not done anything to impress throughout the entire month of August. So I think that those three guys are on the practice squad. So I, I think that that's pretty cut and dry. I think the offensive line, I, I'll be pretty surprised if it looks much different than this. Maybe Roos gets in there and you cut a guy like John Ajokwu, or not, I don't think they cut Ajokwu. Maybe you, you switch Roos in over Levin, what wouldn't shock me. But yeah, I think Dillard, Skaronsky, Brewer, Brunskill, Hubbard, Duncan, Levin, Ajokwu, and Murray are your nine guys. Um, and so let's move on now to the defensive side of the ball. Actually, let's get the specialists out of the way as a little halftime special here. Um, the Titans specialists are pretty cut and dry right now. And one of them is going to be in name only. I think, I don't think that he's going to be around by week one. If he is, I'm concerned about that, but obviously Ryan Stonehouse is your punter. Obviously Morgan Cox is your long snapper. Both of those guys, pro bowl, all pro caliber players. Unfortunately, um, it's like the dragon meme where you've got the two very mean looking dragons and then the really derpy one in the middle. That's Michael Badgley as your kicker right now. And um, he is going to fill in that spot because they 
you know, they have to put a kicker in there and he's the only one on the roster. Will he be around by week one? I'll be pretty surprised. Um, we'll see how he does against New England. Give him a fair shake. But I think that they're going to want to look to churn that position. And as we talked about at length on Wednesday, um, it's not a good situation. And if you want to hear my full thoughts on that, go to the, the beginning of Wednesday's show. I, I go in on that a little bit and kind of rip the Titans because they deserve to be ripped for how they've handled the kicking situation and how they handle special teams. Now, defensively up front, I kind of, this is the, this is where I'm most interested to see. I'm, I might be wrong on the defensive side of the ball. I have them keeping 24, one, you know, one less than an even 25, 25 split for the offense and defense. And the reason why I think they're going to be comfortable doing this JT is because what have they been emphasizing ever since Rand Carthon set foot in the building versatility. They are versatile on defense. They have a number of guys and Elijah Molden who can play back and forth between cornerback and safety. Guys like Danico Autry, who can play, uh, you know, in a four-point stance on the defensive line, or you can get his hands out of the dirt and play the edge, or you can get him standing up at linebacker. Um, you've got a, a guy like Harold Landry has some versatility in that way on and off the line. A guy like Rashad Weaver, who has some versatility like that on and off the line. Arden Key, kind of a tweener who can switch inside and out. Um, so they've got a number of guys who are versatile in that way. And for that reason, I have them keeping just nine total guys in the box. Not, well, that, Never mind. Ignore that. I'm not counting the inside linebackers. So nine defensive linemen slash slash edges slash outside linebackers on the defensive line up front. Jeffrey Simmons is obvious. Tier Tart is obvious. Nico Autry is obvious. I think they keep two more. Jaden Peavy, who has made his name for himself, very much solidified as the fourth guy in that room. I think that he's very safe. And then Jaleel Johnson is the fifth guy that I have making this roster. He's just quietly been impressive throughout the offseason process, throughout the preseason games. They seem to like him a lot, so I think that he's going to make this roster. And so that leaves Naquan Jones, TK McClendon Jr., Tyler Shelvin, and Kyle Pecco on the outside looking in. Um, I think that Naquan Jones is a guy that I had earmarked for that that one of those 16 practice squad slots, so it wouldn't shock me at all. If he is a practice squatter, he's kind of on the bubble for me. If, if Naquan got in over Jaleel, it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world. But I think that Jaleel has earned that. And my, apparently my nose is very itchy right now. I'm sorry. Um, at the edge position, I've got him keeping just four. Arden Key is obvious. Harold Landry is obvious. Rashad Weaver is obvious. This is where I think people, folks, and those of you listening live may take most issue with this portion of, of my, my 53-man roster. The only other guy I have them keeping outside of Key, Landry, and Weaver is Sam O. And I sat and I thought about this and I looked at it, but I, I'm... I think that we are a little bit prisoner of the moment right now on a couple of guys, and, and primarily it's Caleb Murphy. I think that he's not going to make this roster. I think people are going to be most surprised maybe by him. And and here here's why. Outside of the preseason games, in which he has three sacks in two performances, he's been invisible at practice. All August, he's not done anything, really. Like He is trending in the right direction at this time of year. But I talked to a lot of folks in the in the media workroom on Tuesday and Wednesday, other folks covering the team. And yeah, I mean, Pretty Boy says Teresa Walker seems to think Caleb is, is squarely on the bubble. Yes, he's very on the bubble. I think he's out. And the reason why is because, yes, he is a sack artist. And yes, he is a guy that I think has a really high ceiling. And you get him in that in, a, in an NFL caliber weight room with NFL caliber instruction, and he's going to flourish eventually. He's just raw. And so I think that it's going to be a real like David and Nenny moment for, for fans that 
were really into him last year in the preseason, and then he didn't work out. Like, I think that's what you're seeing in Caleb Murphy. I do think they're going to keep him around on the practice squad. And the reason why folks that I talked to in the Titans media were saying he's going to be on the roster, it's funny. And I, I think that a good litmus test for any of these guys, will they or won't they make the roster? If I ask you, will this guy make the roster? And your answer is yes. And I ask you why. And your number one, your first reason is because, well, if they let him go to waivers, then he's, he's not going to get through. If everyone is saying that the only reason he's on this team is because they don't think they can get him to the practice squad. You, you should you should be able to offer like, oh, forget the practice squad. This guy has made, you know, he's made a good case for himself, a good argument for himself to be on the roster. No one is really saying that. They're saying he's got three sacks in two preseason games. You ask him about practice and the folks that have seen it are the same as me. He's been invisible. So I think that people are so hyper fixated on, yes, he's got some flash. He's got some pop. He's got some really impressive numbers from college. And all those things are, are good. They are. And there are reasons why he's a valuable player. But people need to understand, in order for a team to scalp away a player you cut, they have to sign him to their active roster. Other teams can't steal your potential practice squad players to put on their practice squad. It's not how it works. They, I think people don't understand that. And it's not talked about enough. You, you have to sign them to your active roster. I don't think the Titans are going to be too worried about Caleb Murphy being signed into another active roster. There are some teams out there that lack some serious depth for sure, but I just don't think that he rises to that caliber of player just yet. He's still too raw. I think they're pretty confident they can get him on the 53 men or on the practice squad rather. And I have him earmarked for that for sure. The other guy is Thomas rush, who was their highest paid UDFA after the draft and had a lot of promise coming out. And he's shown some things. He's actually been more of a special teams uh, value to this team than Caleb Murphy so far. And by the way, that's the biggest reason I completely buried the lead. Another reason why I'm pretty confident that he won't make the team is because to be that depth guy, to be the fourth or fifth guy in your room, you've got to have serious special teams upside. And Murphy, they've, I think he had six special team snaps last week against the Vikings. They're not using him in that way. Thomas Rush, I think had like 17. So they're using him in that way. So maybe a hot take here. I would actually be a little bit less surprised for them to keep Rush over Murphy than the other way around because they're looking for a guy that can be a value on special teams. Brable said it to our face on Wednesday, uh, his last press conference of the preseason of, of the uh, training camp. We asked him about making that fourth or fifth spot in your room. Do you have to be a, a value on special teams? And he said, yes, you have to, you literally have to, there's no other way to make that role of value to the team. Um, because I don't think there's going to be snaps out there, frankly, unless there's serious, massive triage on the defensive front for the Titans. And you see a bunch of these guys go down. I don't think there's any snaps available for a Caleb Murphy or a Thomas Rush in a game outside of special teams. And so that's why I think that they are on the outside looking in and prime practice squad candidates. Zach McLeod and Otis Reese, the fourth, also on the outside looking in, potentially practice squad guys. But um, I definitely think I definitely think that you, you're keeping Key and Landry and Weaver. And then Samo was your fourth guy. So on the front side of the defensive uh, side of the ball for the Titans, I've got Simmons, Tart, Autry, PV, and Johnson as your defensive linemen and key Landry Weaver and Sam O as your edges. JT, any thoughts before I keep trucking along? Sense, uh, obviously pretty good here in the chat says if he has two more sacks tomorrow, they could then become afraid to wave him because he, that kind of brings a lot of attention 
Sure. Um, and yeah. then Dadson Worldwide says Caleb out producing in games is a bad look on Weaver again. I don't know how much that I don't know about exactly. That. Uh, Weaver's getting the starter treat. Like he's not, he's, it's not, we, Weaver's fine. There's no, Weaver's not competing for a job right now. He's, he's going to be your third guy for sure. So I don't, I don't agree with that. But besides, yeah, it's pretty cut and dry that those are the main guys besides maybe one or two of them. Yeah, and I think I think Pretty Boy makes a fair point that just in terms of exposure for other teams, if he continues to rack up sacks, and it's like who leads the preseason the league in the preseason in, in sacks, and it's Caleb Murphy with five at the top, like then that maybe changes the math. But I still am not sure if they care because again, I don't think they view him as a really a, a plus player on special teams, and so uh, that that's that's my my primary reasoning. The linebacker position, the middle linebacker position, I, I think they keep five, and I, it's the same exact list that I had what, two weeks ago, last week when we did this the first time, I've got Monty Rice on the outside. I think I don't. I think that they cut him. I really do. Like, the vibes are terrible, and he continues to not be available. And these other five guys, I think, have shown enough to this team to be a credit to them. Now, again, like I said the first time, it won't shock me if this is too hot a take and ends up being wrong. But if I'm, if I'm really putting my – sticking my neck out there on one of these, on one of these uh, cuts, it's that one. Okay? It wouldn't shock me at all. If that is what happens, and they end up keeping the other five guys at that inside linebacker position, Aziz Al Shayir is obvious. Jack Gibbons is obvious. I think Chance Campbell is pretty obvious. And then Ben Neiman and Luke Gifford. Um, Neiman and Gifford, both Gifford in particular, was brought over as a special teams ace. So, like, there he's going to bring value at the back end of that roster on the special teams front. And Neiman is the same way. Campbell plays a good bit of special teams as well. And last year had a couple of nice plays in actual games on special teams for this team. So I think that those five stick. I think they keep five, whether or not Monty Rice gets flipped in there for a Ben Neiman. Like, would that shock me? No, I'd be more surprised if they kept more or less than five. Like I think five is their number. And I think Monty Rice is the one on the outside looking in. I do have him tagged for the practice squad. So congrats, I guess. But um, yeah, the vibes are really bad for Monty Rice. Will you be shocked by that? I I, I don't think anybody, if, if you're paying attention, I don't think that should shock you at this point. No, I think, I mean, it, if he would have come back to practice and has been like available and there and practicing every single day without just like just kind of disappearing out of the blue, then I would be different. But like I would be surprised unless like there's just something going on that like is very much not being reported on and just like has been just like put to the side and it's been their plan all along, like take care of whatever and we'll keep you on this team and move forward like that. Um, of course I could see that, but like, it, it just feels like weird, you know, to like, yeah, no, I agree. And I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but I just, I just saw some news on my, on my timeline that is very interesting and not related to this at all, but I'm, I am going to interject because I know this matters to me. It matters to you. And maybe it's interesting to, to Titans fans. Um, did you catch wind earlier? I think you did. Cause I sent it to you. The, the, the Browns made it clear that Josh Dobbs was quarterback two over Dorian Thompson Robinson. Over I did see that. And yes. we're like, why? What? Stop. No, like love Josh. Truly. He was here last year. Got to know him. Great guy. DTR has been awesome. Well, now DTR is number two in, in, uh, in Cleveland because Josh Dobbs has been traded to the Cardinals. He is now going to be uh, down there competing. Who's the rookie down there? Um, not a, Oh, it's not the guy in Las Vegas. It's, no, you're, uh, you're going to have to, well, duh, you're going to have to, you're going to have to look it up. I'm totally, <laughs> I'm totally blank on his name, but there's another rookie quarterback down there that I guess he was looking good to start the off season. I was hearing like, maybe he's the guy that gets the starts to start the season over 
um, over Colt McCoy, but maybe not. Maybe they felt they needed another backup to uh, back up Colt, and it, it's not him. Did, did you I'm, find I'm, out who it is? I'm trying to look for it real quick. Okay, yeah. When, when you find that, we'll talk about it. But that is an interesting one, and, and this is going to be a fun weekend. There's going to be a lot of trades coming down the pike. We've already seen a couple today that we'll talk about in the news here in a second. Back to the Titans 53-man roster. Um, the cornerback and safety position, I have them keeping five of each. At cornerback, Christian, did you find who it was? Clayton Toon. Clayton Toon, right. Okay, Clayton Toon. Sounds Stoney's like boy. Stoney's boy, legend, Clayton Toon. We just Not talked about how we're murdering Monty Rice off the Titans roster, which is Stoney's boy. Now we're talking about the Titans murdering Clayton Toon, or the, the Titans, uh, the Cardinals murdering Clayton Toon, Monty Austinfort, saying, you're not cutting it. I'm sorry, Stoney. Uh, a banner bad day for the old Stoney Keeley man. Okay, uh, cornerback, safety. Fulton. Bunting and McCreary are obvious, right? You're keeping Christian Fulton. You're keeping, keeping Sean Murphy bunting. You're keeping Roger McCreary. No debate there. I have two others, Trey Avery and Eric Guerrer. I think Eric Guerrer is like, he's been the sweetheart of everybody. And for good reason on the defensive uh, backfield side of things, this offseason, he has as an undersized cornerback, he has really won the hearts of people with his play. He is really feisty. He's a really nice asset on special teams. He's a guy that you actually do kind of trust from what I've seen in a pinch to have to go out there and play some snaps in live action. So I think that they keep those five guys with Caleb Farley on the pup list. I no longer think that he is really going to be in a, you know, a situation to come back anytime soon. Um, and then at safety, Kevin Byer, Damani Hooker, Elijah Molden. I am classifying Molden as a safety for this exercise, but it, you know, it's, Half dozen of one, six of the other. But I have those three guys as obvious. I think the obvious fourth, like I've not heard anybody debate this. Mike Brown is your obvious fourth guy behind Molden, Byard, and Hooker at the safety position. He has stood out a lot this offseason and is a very nice special teams player. And then the, the fifth guy I had them keeping is Matthew Jackson. Now, if you asked me, Easton, what if you if you're if I told you you're wrong about one guy on this list, who are you most confident it is? I'd probably say Matthew Jackson. And, and this whole defensive backfield situation is really tough because there are four guys I have on the outside looking in that will not shock me in the slightest that actually they're on the inside looking out on the cornerback front, Anthony Kendall and Armani Marsh have been talked about a lot after both preseason games. Mike Vrabel has talked about how those guys have been really nice performers in the games have been really nice assets on special teams. And so the, the coaching staff cl clearly likes them. And then at safety, Josh Thompson and Shaheem Carter, both are talked about in that same way and both make a lot of plays. The other day at practice, this just this past week, Shaheem Carter making a number of PBUs, really impressive breaks on the ball that are, are the kind of thing the coaching staff is looking for. So again, like outside of Fulton, Murphy Bunting, McCreary, Trey Avery, Kevin Byard, Amani Hooker, Elijah Molden, Mike Brown. You've got a fifth cornerback spot and a fifth safety spot and six guys that it wouldn't shock me if it's any of them. I think that this competition will be the hardest for them to decipher. And if they ended up keeping 11 total defensive backs, 12 total defensive backs, cutting some guys elsewhere, like, would it surprise me? Yes. Would it shock me? Not really. They uh, These guys have all put up a real nice fight. These young guys have really um, gone in this preseason, and, and I think that they are deserving of a, a fair look, and I think that the coaching staff is going to give that to them. So, um, yeah, that's my 53-man roster. That's the whole thing. And that is our show today. Before we go, one last thing. That Fantasy League, we're looking for DMs. Now or never, two more slots open if you want them. we got to get two people that desperately want to be in. State your case in the DMs, at Hot Read Pod on Twitter, at Easton Freeze on Twitter, at JT underscore Runky on Twitter. 
DM any of those accounts. Or if you're not a Twitter person, you're an Instagram person, at Hot Repod on, on Instagram. We'll check that, that DM box as well. But we are doing that league drafting next week, $25 buy-in. Got to be ready and willing and eager to be in for us to add you at this point. But we're willing to add two more if there are two such people out there. Make sure to follow us, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your good podcasts, all that good stuff. You know the drill. We are now partnered with Zen Sportsbook this year, which is super exciting. Speaking of partnerships, JT, we got a new partnership coming, uh, a big one this year. If you are in the Middle Tennessee area, it's going to mean some live shows on a regular basis on location, maybe on, I don't know, Thursday night to do a little Thursday night football watch party on a weekly basis at a really delicious establishment. I don't know. There are some papers being signed today. We'll we'll be able to talk about that soon, but super excited to discuss that as we get closer to the start of the regular season and maybe get to meet some of you guys this year over a, a nice, tasty meal, watching some Thursday night football, doing a live show each and every week, which I, I really hope things don't fall apart now because this is going to sound dumb, but it sounds like we're good to go and we're going to have a cool new partnership this year. So maybe we'll announce that on Monday. Maybe that'll be done. And we'll be able to announce it. We'll see. You'll have to tune in on Monday where we'll be back. Uh, our Monday show will be recorded. I think we'll do Saturday, um, Friday, of course, being the preseason game. Either Saturday or Sunday, we'll go live. Make sure to follow us at Hot Read Pod on Twitter so you get the notification as to when we are going live with the show to discuss the final um, the final practice, uh, practice, practice game, preseason game. Uh, any tweaks we think the 53-man roster might have uh, as a result of this on Monday's show. Um, it will come out Monday morning, I think, the podcast, but then... We'll do another podcast early in the week, earlier than usual, I think, to react to the 53-man cutdown. So we'll have two probably shows early in the week to do all that reacting. They'll maybe a little bit shorter to, to make it not so much content, but we'll have a lot of content next week and then two guests that are going to be joining us before we get to the regular season. Super excited. Can't wait. Make sure to join us then. Make sure to use Zen Sportsbook, newest sports betting partner here in Tennessee. Use code HOTPOD, H-O-T-P-O-D. That's your referral code when you sign up to get 5% welcome back cash back in your pocket for the first 15 days that's enough details for today enjoy the preseason game tomorrow jt i'll see you tomorrow at the game we'll talk to you all this weekend recapping that game and then on monday talking the 53 man cut down of the roster until then for producer jt i'm your host easton freeze has been the hot read podcast we'll talk to you later <laughs>